Yep, ready to go. Ready to go. Okay, we're back to recording. I, those of you in podcast land won't have noticed a change because I upload on the days when we record and we record on a two-week delay. So at this point, you will have noticed a couple of weeks ago we missed a few episodes. I don't think. Yeah. We I don't know. We didn't miss anything. Yeah, we certainly <laughs> we certainly weren't on vacation, all of us, at the same time. <laughs> Without a microphone. Yeah. Hey, I brought the microphone. We just That's didn't true, use it. That's true, you didn't. We were, we were too busy. There were other things to do. That's true. Uh, anyways, hey, we're back. It's me, my parents, and Liam Mason. I'm Daniel. Patrick. I'm Gary. Don't we normally go around the circle that way? What are you doing? Yeah. You're ruining the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here for most of the movie, so... That's not an excuse. <laughs> okay, so this week I was going to get one movie from the library, and I forgot and I got the, the a different movie. You drove all the way to the other library. I drove to a farther away library because they had the movie I wanted, and once I was there, I got another movie in my head, and then I got that one off the shelf. Which was at the first library. Which was at the first library. I didn't have to go to the farther library. You were, you were of the belief, however, that... The two movies are similar in nature. Yes. For, there is still a number of movies on the list we need to watch in which Liam Neeson uh, shoots people with guns and has a bad time. <laughs> and this was, in fact, one of them. The title is? The title is Run All Night. Run All Night, as opposed to Walk All Day. Yes. All right. From 2015. 2015. This is a relatively recent film. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead. This was a, another good year for film. We haven't talked about this one yet. About 2015? About 2015. Oh. Uh, this was the year that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio finally got his Oscar mm. for The Revenant. Mad Max Fury Road got some good awards. Really? Uh, by virtue of Sylvester Stallone being a supporting character in uh, the movie Creed, he was the sixth person to be nominated for playing the same role in two different films. Oh. Because Creed is a sequel to the Rocky films. Wow, okay. <laughs> uh, Weird statistics. Yeah. There's some, it was it was a pretty good year for film, uh, overall. Uh, Revenant was in there. The Greatest Show on Earth, mm-hmm. which is apparently very good. That was interesting. I'm not sure that I would watch it yeah. again and again. This one? Like, it's very much not... Os- an Oscar bait type of movie. It's not. No, they made it to make yeah. money. They made. I don't even know if it was necessarily you know just for money because they didn't make a whole lot of money on this. This was not a bad movie. All as, told, as violent action movies go, it was pretty well done. The storyline had more interest. Yes, they actually did something more you know? than shoot the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So you cared about the characters. Yeah. There were actually there was actually character development yeah. that was meaningful. And I will say, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to allude to the John Wick franchise at least once when talking about this film. John Wick is also not a film about killing the bad guy. There is more to it than that. There is an underlying narrative. Those movies are extremely well done and deserve all of the awards they get. This movie did not do nearly as much with a broad overall story. It did small story. And it- mm-hmm. Right. Um, other people in this film that we will want to know about. Make my phone go the correct direction. Uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Who mom correctly... <laughs> I, I called him John Glenn. Pinpoint is John Glenn from... From the movie... Which one? Apollo 13? Like the astronaut. Is he... Is no, he Apollo wasn't... 13, he was the... He was flight controller. He yeah. was flight... He was mission who was, control. Who was he John Glenn in? Oh, I just... It was the astronaut. Yeah, at any rate. Oh. Ed Harris 
has had some pretty... In- yeah. Um, Bruce McGill was in it. He plays, like, overweight cop-type person in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Uncredited, mm-hmm. but correctly pinpointed. The the rapper Common, who now is more commonly an <laughs> uh, actor, mm-hmm. uh, who plays a hitman in John Wick 2 in one of the more interesting, long-lasting, and creative fight scenes, I think, in the John Wick series. Yeah. I don't know it. So. They have a gunfight on separate levels of... It's, 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 the, like, it's the World Trade Center it's, building? It's the World right? Trade Center mall area. I can't remember exactly what it's called. But it's, the all, transportation it's all hub? white. Yeah, that transportation mm-hmm. place. Yeah, yeah, right there by the transportation hub. And it's all white inside? They have oh, a silencer gunfight across multiple levels while people are in the building. Um, They're just shooting at each other from multiple levels. Mom says no. Mom would say no. You would not appreciate that movie. Yeah. Well, Anyways, uh, so he's in it. I uh, There's a... There's, I mean, there's not a lot of huge name actors in here. Get stuff done. Mm-hmm. The director is uh, Jean Colletsera, who we may have talked about before because... Names... I don't remember. Where is it? Where is it? Which other movies was it? I was asleep for that one. <laughs> or was I awake? After Unknown and Nonstop, this is the third time Liam Neeson and this director have worked together. Oh. And we've seen both of those, have we not? We we definitely saw Unknown. I don't know if we saw Nonstop yet. I definitely can't remember. Nonstop <laughs> is the one where he's in an airplane. I don't think we've seen that one yet. Mm. I think that's just my mom's job is to not remember all these films. I, that one got more money than these other two, so maybe we do want to watch that one at some point. Apparently it's worth seeing. Well, isn't it part of the list? It is on the list. Okay, we'll just because something makes money doesn't mean I should like That's it. That's true. The musical score was composed by Junkie XL. What does that mean? Is <laughs> that like is... a bag of chips? <laughs> his name is Tom Holkenborg, also known by his stage name, Junkie XL. He is a Dutch composer. Okay. Uh, oh, he's worked with Hans Zimmer mm. on Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, as well as composing the scores for Deadpool, Mad Max, Tomb Raider, Mortal Engines, and Alita Battling. Wow. Apparently, if you want to get a guy to do action movies, now is a time for this guy. Like, that was... It, the the music was pretty... Well, there was... I did notice... Well, because I came in more yeah. than halfway through the film. But there was one point where the music... I thought that perhaps it was a... a Tense scene, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know all the background yeah. of the characters at this point. But the music seemed uh, almost calm to me, which then made me feel more anxious. Yeah, and I did notice that. So I think that mm-hmm. was a, a really good piece of writing, editing, as far as the the music and with. All right. Well, there's he has a thing about a let motif, which I didn't know what that meant. Do you know what that means? It's a music term. Lead or lead? L-E-I-T-M-O-T-I-F. Light. motif. I don't know about this. Uh, this know that would I be something we would uh, refer to more with, like, Peter and the Wolf or uh, John okay. Williams stuff. Short, constantly recurring musical phrase associated with a particular person, place, or idea. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he does that a lot with mm-hmm. the music in this film, apparently. L-E-I-T or D? T. I thought it much was much more interesting to look at this movie from an emotional point of view instead of from an action point, he says. Oh, sure, sure. Well, Good and point. that's probably why there was that music that I 
thought was calming, but since I hadn't watched the whole film, I didn't know to whom that particular musical theme belonged. All right. Haha. So, hmm. I. Zero to Neeson on this one is... Zero. Zero. Well, we have to have a little bit of an establishing shot, but it's easily within 15 pretty seconds. Much, it's pretty much right there. Yeah. And he is having a bad time. The zero so, to peril so is... The zero to peril is also quite abrupt. Yeah, it's very very much well, right away there is some peril. There is... Uh, gonna, of note. Are you guys going to talk about... Well, we're going to talk about some of it because I think we can. Yeah. This one is worth seeing, but some of it is like we can talk about as much as the back of the box or IMDb's synopsis gives mm-hmm. you. Hey, we can talk about whatever we yeah. want. Actually, well, we do. We do need to talk about <laughs> the most peril Liam Neeson has ever been in. Yes. Which he, which he laughed about. Don't worry, we're being silly. What do you mean? He, your dad laughed yeah, about I it. I laughed. So about it. Oh. we get some establishing of him being buddy buddy at this bar. And needing a loan from some kid, some some uh, younger man, because so, of course in 2015 Leonison has some age. Yeah, he's showing this some age. Younger man, we would say mid to late 20s. If you had to eyeball maybe, it, maybe maybe it was 30ish. Yeah, uh, is doing cocaine in the back room and and paying giving... paying off cops. Yeah. So already we've quickly established this is a guy who is a bad guy and doesn't care. And he, uh, Liam Neeson asked him for a loan, eight hundred and eight hundred dollars. Or we, we assume dollars. it's dollars because yeah. they don't specify, and okay. he only pulls out eight hundred. Okay. Yeah, and then he says that someone who was going to be the Santa at their party canceled, and he needs a Santa. And you mean ba- the young man, the says young man this says to the, this Liam Neeson to the Liam Neeson, and basically says, "Well, if you're not going to do it, then I guess I'll keep my money." And there's a bit more establishing than mm-hmm. we cut to a scene of them establishing this other character uh, who is a limo driver. He's a boxing trainer for underprivileged kids. I uh, I don't think it's established yet his relationship to everyone else in the film. But then we do cut to Liam Neeson drinking in the bathroom and then coming, in a Santa costume. In a Santa costume, then coming out to listen to five-year-olds drone their Christmas list to him. <laughs> which I posited was the most peril Liam Neeson has ever been in. <laughs> oh my goodness. And we established the fact that this is yet another Christmas. It is. Merry Christmas. <laughs> How about that? I don't know that I want to yeah. watch this at Christmas time. <laughs> through various scenes through here, we determined that the bad guy who doesn't care is the son of a mob boss of some variety. Some note. Some note. Some renown has survived as who went through the dark times of being a mob boss where you have to be the bad guy all the time and came out of it with an appreciation for being you know cash do, and drugs no do, yeah no. he went he went through the cash and drugs mm-hmm. and he talked about how he watched all he watched the city get hooked he had to kill his friends because they turned on him and how drugs are Basically, like, no, stay away. And it, he really made it seem like he was a guy who still had power, but was trying to use it the right way. Turned the corner to be a legitimate businessman. Yeah. And of basically. course, his, straightened himself up. And his jack off kid is not buying this and trying to be a mobster. Uh, this is where the parallels to John Wick were getting pretty thick on the ground mm-hmm. because that's sort of what happens in that film is. A mobster who may or may not be going the right way has a kid who's an idiot 
and is a jerk to the wrong people. Oh, yeah. Well, there we go. I, Pretty much what happens yeah. here. That's the parallel. Yeah. And what does end up happening is a series of people being shot over an extended period of time. That's kind of a lot. Culminating in Liam Neeson killing this brat kid by accident. In that he didn't know it was him. He was doing what he was told to do. Oh. And thus sparking the events of the plot of the film to happen. And mixed in with it various relationships of various sorts that have lasted over and or it creates some pretty interesting dynamics with regard to uh, character development. Because yeah. he's got established relationships with three, probably, arguably four other main characters of the film. Because he was the hitman for the mob boss, who now doesn't need one, trying to go straight. He was his father to the limo driver boxing coach guy, who gets caught up in it by accident and now needs to be protected. He's known to be a hitman criminal to a detective who is very set on putting him away for life. And later, he is known to be an adversary of hitman number two in the city who is really appreciating this chance to become hitman number one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty good yeah. summary. And through the film, all four of those relationships are strained, I would say. They're tested. Tested, definitely. Pulled. And like so, some resolve well. Some people have guns. I think that, well, I think they all resolve. <laughs> they all resolve. Some resolve well for both parties involved, or at least not unhappily, and some involve guns. Well, I think they all involve guns. Uh, mm, yes. I think they do. They did. I mean, I, I was here for the end of the film. Guns, it's guns. Guns were a vital part of this film. Like, I gotta say, I called the last scene, though. I mean, the last the last action. Yeah, but don't tell yeah, the people I knew it was at home. Coming. They might want to watch it. They've probably <laughs> already watched it. These are some savvy... Maybe. Savvy movie watchers. I don't know. Some of these are... This is not one where everyone's going to have it on their shelf. This is not it's a... True. It wasn't a mainstream. Although it was still available at our local library. It was. It was the... It had the second biggest opening week the week it came out. Well, huh. that's pretty good. That's yeah. not bad. Well, they, they hit that right. It's got like a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Liam Neeson is in typically fine form, but it suffers from a convoluted plot and workmanlike execution. Convoluted? I don't know that it was so convoluted. There was compl complexity to it. There was. I think the I mean, Rotten wasn't, Tomatoes people are, you know, well, they're just Well, see, it wasn't as straightforward as, as some of the similar action-type movies that have a, a very... Uh, like a plot with blinders on. Taken is a plot you know? with blinders on. Yeah. <laughs> this one did not have the blinders on. So there were there were these little bits and pieces that were going on. Yep. Uh, and that's what made the character yep. development better. Yep. And again, we're going to go back to John Wick, which both has the blinders on in a way, mm -hmm. but also has a metaphor underlying it so that the, the uh, linearness of the story is not just a a method of getting action onto the screen. Right. There's actually mm -hmm. purpose to the fact that we're going from set piece to set piece. Well, they killed this dog, man. That was just the first. Oh, that was just the first one. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I have some. I I have some movie analysis free videos for you to watch. Yeah. Well, that might be our next series. We we talked about that. We've talked about that. But if we well, do, I don't know. If we do Keanu Reeves movies, you guys are gonna have to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> Oh, it can't be as bad as the movie that shall not be named. It well, 
See, that's a good, that's a good stupid movie. Yeah. Well, I would take a good stupid. We'll get one of those not, one of these not days. Not a bad stupid movie. I don't want to watch another one. So, I don't really want to say too much more because this one again, it is I think it is worth seeing. Yeah. I can't talk about the costuming because it really this, didn't There wasn't much to. It. Yeah. It well, it, was, it wasn't anything to get excited about and yeah. it certainly you know, all the costuming seemed to work. We so. didn't talk about the cinematography. There were a couple oh, of yeah. interesting transitional moves. There was some mm-hmm. kind of some patterns in in the transitions from scene to scene that were very smoothly done where where one would go from one room to another room as if you panned through a wall and and it was a completely different side of the wall. There were a couple of those situations. Well, sometimes or, even... Or the one where they kind of went weirdly upside down into... Mm-hmm. Uh, that, some of that kind of stuff, they were just... The cameraman was... The cinematographer was saying, Hey, let's do something different. Well, <laughs> this guy's not necessarily... Like, he did not do a lot of big films. This is not mm-hmm. a big cinematographer guy who did this. Uh, he has since... Like, he is lined up for... Uh, Catch-22, which is apparently coming out or came out this year. It came out this year. Yeah, yeah. The American with George Clooney. Uh-huh. He's done some movies uh, kind mm-hmm. of in the late 2000s and then forward, but before then it looked like music videos in smaller projects. Wow. Well, it, I, one of the things I thought was interesting is that he, uh, they would follow something like, for instance, follow a bullet through the wall to see you know, what was on yeah. the other side. So, you know, as a human, we'd have to go around the wall to see what's on the other side or get up close and peek through a hole. But this was literally like the bullet going through the wall or um, one. There was something, a sidewalk scene. And it was as if we were, you know, like it was a GoPro on a cat because it was running through fences and like through toys that were out or whatever and uh, cutting across uh, people's. Uh, front stoops, you know, a, a a busy a busy street scene. But we were we were going we were proceeding quickly down. I mean, it wasn't even the sidewalk. We were off the sidewalk and running right up on people's stairs, mm-hmm. and that was interesting. There was a there was a scene where the 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 uh, chase the car chase where the police car was being chased oh, by yeah. another car, which was. An, you know, it's like you kind of think, oh, that's usually backwards. Yep. Backwards from the common thing. But there were cases in that in that where the, you know, the car was being followed by the camera. But but there were little clips where the car, where the camera was, it was as if the camera was mounted on the car rather so, than on a chase vehicle. Yeah. Know? Something that's tricky with that is that if you don't do that a lot... It's very, very jarring. Mm-hmm. There was a single, like, one-second shot in the final scene where it goes first-person looking down the gun. Right, mm-hmm. right. And it's not necessarily aiming at anything. Right. It's just, for a little bit, you look behind the gun, and it it really feels banana in the bread box. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for those of you who weren't taking seventh-grade English with me when I was on school... <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't... that Because this was Mr. Pudua. Yeah, that was seventh-grade. That grade. wasn't seventh-grade. I thought that was with the video I... No. I, I'm not sure our it was listeners are going to care. <laughs> they, we might say this again. It's an important metaphor. I think it works for all ways. It does. Uh, a banana does not go in a bread box. That's, it doesn't go in a cardboard box. That's that's the basis of it, is that 
a banana in a bread box is whenever something is just you look at it and like this. It why should it, be a box. So of, this here. If it's a box of pencils, it should be a box of pencils. Or if it's a, a bread box that's full of bread, it should be full of bread. And you shouldn't just stick a banana in there. Yeah. Uh, this came up in writing because if you're writing your paragraph and you stick in a sentence about bananas and your paragraph is about bread, it better be about banana bread or you're doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and there were just little bits here and there. And the film editor, I decided to look that one up, uh, he worked on the Notorious B.I.G. biopic, mm-hmm. Deadpool okay. 2, Logan. Logan had some um, was amazing in almost every respect. It was a very good movie. And the fact that this one has those little bits that really stick out, it makes me question if it was intentional or not. And then if you're intentionally doing something to make it look like you did it wrong, is that the right idea? Should you have done that? Well, is it just to to have us be out of our own head? Maybe. I don't know. See, and that kind of thing. Do I question it because... It looked wrong. Do I just say, oh, that's probably right because this guy has done good work in the past? Eh. It was an artistic choice. It was an artistic choice. Eh. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Well. What's next? Peril. Peril. Peril meter. I think it was kind of high. This one's going to be pretty high. It's pretty high. uh, Spoilers. Liam Neeson does not have a good time in this film. Yeah. Uh, Through various things. He does uh, Star Wars with flaming table legs at one point. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there, there's just there's a lot of guns. This one is at least a nine. Do we go higher? Yeah. What did we give a ten to? We've given a ten to multiple things. Well, the one one where he dies twice, he got a ten. Most, and the <laughs> most recent one we gave a ten was the gray because oh, because yeah. it was peril through throughout. This oh, one right, was like, not peril throughout. You don't think him. so? It was peril for somebody throughout, but there was like notable peril for. The son character, um, or not, and for he, other he's, characters, he's not the boy whereas Liam Neeson's character was not in peril at those times of the movie. But when he was in peril, he was in pretty significant peril. Like I'm down for the nine. I'm I, down for a nine. I wasn't here for half the movie, so I don't know. Well, you missed. Sorry. I told it. Well, I did miss it, but that's okay. The movie before this on the film list is Taken Three, and that was also a nine. Yeah. The movie after it is Operation Chromite, and we gave that one a one. Ta- Okay. So, uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, tune in next week when somebody's going to be here, right? Somebody will be here. Are you going to be here next week? I will not be here next week. Okay. Y'all have to just live without Ooh, me. Ooh, maybe I can get the movie I thought I was going to get. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. All it'll right. Be, it'll be another boy movie next week. Yeah, I look forward to shooting. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.